I sent you a song this morning, and it was a bit of a conundrum for the both of us. We have a problem. We do. We've established in the past that we don't like Ariana Grande very much. Right. She weirds me out. I don't like it. I don't want any of it. There's a lot of things about her that, that I just don't really vibe with. I think that she's good looking, but she also looks like she's in middle school. Also, open your eyes. She always looks like she has her eyes closed, and that's not like an Asian thing because she's not Asian. I think Asian. that might be a little bit racist or something. Against Asians, but she's not Asian, so... <laughs> I'm confused about like how I feel about her looks because she's hot. She looks so young, and it's she has like, a tight oh, little body. Shit. Like yeah. good for her. A lot yeah. of people do. But and then I also saw like the videos that came out where she's like licking donuts and being a fucking annoying little bitch. Uh, so, so I don't even click on those videos. So I well, don't know. She's not a bitch just because she's annoying. She's probably a bitch. Oh, I no. I guess she. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always le- lean asshole there. <laughs> okay, well, I'd guess she's an asshole. All right, fine. She's you know that she won't whatever. let people. T- I think we've already talked about this. She won't let people take pictures from a certain side of her. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's uh, like exactly on, what I would expect from her. I don't like her at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, her new single is is pretty dope. I sent you it this morning, and uh, I, you have you still haven't given me your thoughts on it. But you said that you didn't I was like holding it. I was holding them because I wanted to drop them here. Uh, all right. So, does that song remind you of any song you've heard before? Any recent song, like a hit song last couple years? I mean, it does, but I can't pinpoint exactly which one. So a lot of times when I hear a song, especially a pop song, I get really excited because I think I can pinpoint who produced it based on how it sounds. And some producers, that's really easy with. Timbaland, it's easy with. Mutt Lang, it's really easy with. Uh, sometimes Jeff Basker, it's easy with. But with this one, I thought I sniped it. So that song is basically earned it by The weekend. It's like this really like slow, sexy three quarter time, like basically waltz that you're gonna fuck to, and so I was like, that is, I I knew that uh, that song that um, earned it was produced by Jason Quenville, and because that's who does a lot of the weekend stuff, but the weekend now does stuff with like bigger producers. He's done stuff with Max Martin. He's done stuff with Kanye West or whatever. So I was so excited. So I Googled Ariana Grande, Jason Quenville, and nothing came up. So I was wrong. I was kind of bummed. Right. So, But then I realized there just wasn't much out there about who produced it. So I I actually took me a couple minutes to find out who produced it. You know who produced that song? Who? Max Martin and Shellback. Okay. Just, they can do no wrong. Anything Max Martin touches is fucking gold. Right. So in one sense, I was like kind of bummed that I thought I'd sniped who produced it. But then on the it other side, sense, sense. you're like, I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah. at all. This song absolutely bangs. Uh, this I, isn't a Ariana Grande episode, by the way. No, let's not let's not lead anybody down that. There road. will be no. Ariana you don't have Grande to tune episodes. out right now. <laughs> Although actually, this episode will have a bit of uh, us discussing hot girls, which never is not happens. a forte of this show. <laughs> we we like to we like to veer off into the male category there uh, a little more, but. That will be appropriate for this episode. Um, are we done on the Ari- Ariana Grande thing? Yeah, I don't All right. have much Quickly, more to I'll say. say I saw her impressions on SNL. And I heard that her SNL's, her SNL episode was pretty good. I didn't watch it, but I heard that it was pretty good. She's okay. I mean, she just she rubs me the wrong way, man. <laughs> she really she really gets on my nerves. But uh, she had done her impressions on Jimmy Fallon, and I thought they were a lot better. Maybe it's just because it was the first time I saw them. But she does a Celine Dion that'll knock your socks off. Really? Yeah. Her other impressions are just kind of... Like, you can tell which person she's trying to impersonate. But it's... Like, if you or I were to do a Christopher Walken, you'd be like, okay, he's doing a Christopher Walken. Yeah. That doesn't mean he does a good Christopher Walken. Yeah. It's um, just, like, very identifiable. Right. Like, she does Britney Spears, and she does, like, I'll babe it. Like, all yeah. right. Good, that's not impressive. But her Celine Dion is great. Um so if you want to check that out, you can, but spoiler alert, it involves Ariana Grande, so <laughs> it might suck. Um, but yeah, that song, good for her, though. Good good for her working with Max Martin. You're welcome. I would actually argue now that that song being great has nothing to do with her because it is a Max Martin song. Well, the, I mean, that's... I know that we said that we were done, but when I was listening to it, I was like, eh, this is a really good song, but really... Honestly, anybody could make this song, and it would yeah. be a banger. I was thinking of like who I would rather have sing that song, which is yeah. the way I felt with a lot of the songs on Carly Rae Jepsen's album, as we've discussed. Uh, and I couldn't think of who should sing that. I was like, The Weeknd would sing 
this song. You need to change the lyrics a little bit or whatever. Um, but The Weeknd already has that song. So I couldn't think of like... Who's an extremely like sexy, powerful artist? Yeah, right that's now what that I was gonna do say. Like, like I, I don't want to hear Sia sing that. It's yeah. not like a belty song that's, or anything. That's the thing. It's like it's a really sexy song, yeah. and I don't really view Ariana Grande in like that really sexy scope. Yeah, no. I mean, thinking. she's she's fine, but like I would rather have somebody who I'm like, damn, this chick is is bad. Did you like that uh, "Hands to Myself" song? By, Selena Gomez by Selena. Yeah, uh, not really. Yeah, me neither. I, th- I thought it was really. I am also not sold on Selena Gomez being super sexy either. So I didn't think that, and then I saw the video for that song, and she like she goes all out. She's pushing all her chips in the middle. She really is she's though. Like, she's trying so I, hard I, to I be need like you real guys sexy. To think that I'm sexy, and yeah, yeah. I, that video. She's. I'll give it. I mean, to like her. I wouldn't say, I'll say no, but <laughs> I, I I would say I wouldn't that, say no, but I don't think she's in like the upper echelon of like sexy. Yeah, who's even sexy now? Or yeah, I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't spend enough time with girls. Right? Yeah, it's that's such a boring subject that we've discussed. That that's that conversation is so college. Um, so this week we've decided on House of Cards. House of Cards. Yes, we both finished it. You finished it before I did, but I did finish this week. Um, so this is like a really, it's a really tough subject to touch on any Netflix show really because there is like for anybody who's listening to this who watches House of Cards like you might be finished you might not be finished uh, like there's confusion on how to talk about Netflix shows so I, I think that uh, what we should do is we are gonna we tried to book a guest who didn't get back to us we tried to get the guy who played Meacham and what my plan was is in the beginning we were gonna. We also tried to get with- Kevin Spacey, and that didn't work out well either. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna. You know, what? eventually we're gonna get Kevin Spacey though. This is we're slow playing it. Kevin Kevin Spacey right now hates brunch a lot, or his people hate brunch a lot. I don't even know if Kevin Spacey There's knows a that good brunch exists. He's never heard the word brunch. <laughs> no. no one has ever communicated brunch to him. Uh, but yeah, I think like. I think we might be able to parlay it into a joke and yeah. harass him enough where he's just like, I'll go on the show to f- shut these people up. Well, maybe something happens with him in the Florida Panthers or whatever because they True. have the whole Spacey and Space thing. Yeah. Um, I kind of view Spacey and Colin Jost in the same boat at this point. It's like, how yeah. much can we harass them before they agree to come on because they think we're funny? Yeah, well, the thing with or Colin annoying. Jost is if, if he ever comes on, he's going to need to know that it's... That it's going to be a lot about his looks. We're not going to vibe as much. Like, when we book our guests, we're like, hey, do you want to come and vibe, on, vibe out with us? And they're like, yeah, love vibing. With Colin Jost, we should tell him, it's like, like hey, just you so want to come into studio and get harassed? We're gonna, yeah, we're going to grill you a lot about who the fuck you think you are because you're not that good looking. <laughs> and eventually, I'm going to be better looking than you. It's going to take a while. I'm finding out. But eventually. Um, so I think we're we're... How long has it been since House of Cards came out? Two weeks? Because I know that we did the uh, yeah we did the the Netflix episode before House of Cards. Yeah, dropped. so two weeks. So it's been um, two weeks. That's for me. If you haven't finished the Netflix show in two weeks, yeah. then it sucks to be you. But there's right. going to be spoilers. Well, my thing was if we were to have gotten the guy who plays Meacham, um, we would have teased it as listen to this. We promised there are actually no spoilers in it, and then as soon as the podcast starts, we would say. Gotcha, click, motherfucker. <laughs> but there actually are spoilers. If you want to come back and listen in a few weeks, then whatever. Um, so I don't yeah. want to hold back any spoilers. I want to no, talk. No, we're, we're dropping spo- spoilers. Is yeah, so dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. So I was gonna say if if you haven't finished yet, like this is the point where you can turn off the podcast. We don't yeah. want to ruin it We've for only you. Spoiled one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say we don't want to ruin it for you, but you kind of just ruined something. But so if you haven't finished. Stop listening. Come back later. Whatever. It's still quick, be, it'll uh, still be evergreen. Yeah. Quick side note on that. Um, when my sister started watching House of Cards, she I had finished season one. I think it was either during season one or season two, and she was starting to watch it. And she asked me. She was like, "Why is he so loyal to Meacham? Why is Meacham so important to him? What's his like? It's like he's obsessed with Meacham." And I realized that uh, the Meacham storyline was crazy sounding enough that if you said it sarcastically, you could totally say exactly what happens and they would laugh it off. So I was like, oh, it's because he wants to fuck him. <laughs> and I was like, ah, and I was like, now I'm being serious. Frank fucks guys and he wants to fuck Meacham. And eventually he gets to. They have a threesome. Yep. It's awesome. 
And my and sister- they just like glazed over that, right. by the way, and never went back to it. Right. So my sister laughed it off or whatever, and I was uh, I was covering a game one time. And I just get a text from my sister in all caps, like "You fucking asshole." <laughs> I was, don't even think it's really a spoiler though. If you tell somebody, yeah, and then they think it's a joke, and then it actually happens. So right? It's not really. Well, a spoiler. that's the thing. She didn't go into it thinking I know that they're gonna yeah. fuck. Not that I don't, I don't know how much do you think. Would. How much do you think Frank's homosexuality uh, affects the the storyline? Changes his character or whatever. Uh, not very often. Yeah. I mean, there's like select people where you're like, hmm, I wonder if he's, he's boning for him. Yeah. Like, I think, I definitely think that Tom Yates is one of those guys. Oh, I, so one I, of my notes, I was hoping to get to that later. I've but. got some notes. Ugh, oh me. Oh my. I actually <laughs> tweeted this morning. Uh, no matter what the subject, every show, every show prep for brunch devolves back into hot guys versus weathermen buckle up. And that was because. Between Tom Yates and uh, Will Conway, I was like, we're going to be talking about looks of guys on this show once again. Uh, Tom Yates is a dime. I would actually, quick, I'm going to throw this out to you. Who's more attractive, Tom Yates or Remy Danton? Ooh, Remy Danton. Remy Danton. I would say, I'm going to lean Tom Yates. Have you? Well, the thing about Tom Yates for me is that I watch Boardwalk Empire. Did you watch Boardwalk Empire? Yes. Is he the he's guy Mickey with half Doyle. a face? No, he's Mickey Doyle. I well, well, I watched one season of it, and then I just it, so, it's out of my life now. I think Mickey Doyle's in the first season, but he's the guy with like the really high voice, and he's like really goofy, and he's an idiot in the first couple seasons, and then he kind of just like he's the guy who just. All right, well, if you haven't watched the whole series... Spoil it. We're spoiling shit on this one. Well, he's the guy in... uh, in... Rachel gets off the plane. (laughs) Uh, Bruce Willis is is dead the whole time. Yes. Uh, No, uh, Mickey Doyle is... Is like he's a fucking idiot. He's a clown in Boardwalk Empire, but somehow he always manages to weasel his way out of like getting killed, and he just keeps climbing up the ladder throughout Mm. the series, and then eventually he dies, I think. Um but yeah, he but he was not like good looking or anything. He wasn't a dime in, in Boardwalk Empire. But the, then when he came back, because yeah. I hadn't seen him in anything since then, he came back. I was like, damn, this is the same guy. But yeah, so because of that, my view of him is kind of skewed. Going Remy, I think that he's uh, he's in that category of like how you'd love to look when you're in your forties. Like if I look like that when I'm in my forties, not going to happen. But if I look like that when I'm in my forties awesome he's also one of those guys that i feel like has to really take care of himself yes to, to, i was to actually thinking that, that like the, the the his his pants like he wears like super tight chinos and everything and boots and like he's he's very well dressed i'd love to to dress like that <laughs> but you're like that that guy like this guy never had a carb this guy this guy in sweats would not not be he'd be like a seven yeah <laughs> yeah um all right so let's talk season four my takeaway from it was, did season three need to happen? Because no, <laughs> the show. So I didn't. I, I thought that I acknowledged that season three sucked. Season three was so bad. I still liked watching it at the time or whatever. But so well, here's my we, thing, though. We've, yeah, we've, we've discussed this. When you watch season three, it's fine. Yeah. But it's because you're entertained and you're hoping that something is going to happen and nothing ever and, happens. Yeah. And once it ends, you're like, that's what it was building up to. That yeah. was happening in the second episode. All right. So my take there is. If it had just gone from him becoming VP at the end of season one to president at the end of uh, season two to Claire being revealed as every bit the monster that Frank is at the end of season three, like if this had been, if season four had been season three, then we're talking about House of Cards as one of the all-time great shows. And I think that because of season three, it's considered a really, really good show, but with a twinge of that hate there's, watch yeah, uh, and there's ability. like and season three brought the uh like po- a possible anticipation of disappointment yeah like it, yeah the, it made the, us worry like maybe season four is gonna suck too. yeah and season four f- for me it banged it was good yeah um the thing is like they set themselves up for failure for for season three i understand like what the the goal was of season three. It was a bridge season, and they were trying to set things up for season four, which they delivered on uh, somewhat. Yeah, but I didn't need any of those things that well, they delivered on in season well, four. Like, who the fuck well, cares about? Well, their the thing is, season three was like all about policy. Yeah, like it was about the America Works and all that, and like the Russian, the 
the negotiations with the Russian guy. Okay. And then they completely abandon any sense of policy in season four, and it's about. Like so for me, thing. season three, the big thing they were trying to push was the strain between Frank and Claire, which I didn't care about because they've both been fucking other people the entire series. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. I assumed that they can operate independent of one another. Yeah. Um, but I think they set themselves up for his fail in season three because the pace of season one and season two were so, so rapid. Like, yeah. Like he becomes, you couldn't, he becomes right. vice president in season one, and then yeah. becomes president in season two. You can't have a third season where nothing happens. But here's the thing: that's what I thought. I like, I, I think that everyone acknowledged they were gonna have to take a step back because, yeah, like the the only next step you would think was like, all right, now World he dictator. becomes god or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, but this step that they did take this season, which is a lot of work on Claire and revealing that, like I said, she's just as bad and as ruthless as Frank is. We may have suspected that, but we didn't know it, and we didn't learn it in the way that it was shown this season. So if that was the next step, that would have been just as strong, and maybe it wouldn't have been what we all figured the next step would have been, but it would have made that impact. Because at the end of this season, that was like just as big a fuck moment. Like when when she broke down the fourth, fourth wall? wall? Yeah. yeah. When she broke down the fourth wall, you're like, moment. oh, that was, yeah... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that was uh that was awesome how they did that because I mean, if you've watched the show, you know that Frank is the only one who breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that's Frank's the main character and that's how you know it. And like, he says we is, bring the terror like it's yeah. instead and, of and so he knows that she's also breaking the fourth yeah. wall. Like that was a very cool moment. Are we gonna talk we wanna talk about the ending right now, right off the bat? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh at the end, I mean, if you've watched it, you know what happens. It's the the ISIS counterpart yeah. in the show, Iko or whatever, they they take the the hostage and they behead him on on TV. I don't understand why that's on TV. Or well, they were streaming it, I think. Okay, yeah. So that, I mean, still, but uh, and I know that Frank said that he wants to don't take it down, let people see it. Yeah, so. they, they they basically set that up to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I what was your reaction to like the the beheading, the Iko situation? Um, I thought that the Ico thing was, uh, that storyline was appropriate and relevant. 24 would do that a lot too. It would kind of prey on exactly what was happening in the real world. And like, if we're scared of, if we're scared of Muslims at this point, then guess who the bad guys are? They're Muslims or whatever. So, um, I, so I have no problem with that. I just think that like Ico was not as, as threatening or as intimidating or as, uh, villainous as they made it made them out to be, like they were talking about Iko being like the whole like the next ISIS or or yeah. whatever. Like we're, that's what we were supposed to make that connection. Well, I feel but like they didn't really show anything to to that they like that they that they're done dangerous or whatever. or whatever. Like they're just two fucking scared kids in the show. Well, it's like, I thought that it was like the beginning of ISIS when people first started talking about ISIS. Uh, it was kind of like they were doing in House of Cards, which is this this might be a problem and but shit they, might start happening. And that's like and it is, but they were also talking about it on the campaign trail the entire time about how But that was a Republican a, that was a Republican, you have to remember, talking about something that America should be scared of. Republican fear mongering is like a very common tactic. It's you say Something really bad could happen, so you're going to want to vote for me because I'll make sure that bad thing doesn't happen because I'm going to bomb them and I'm going to put boots on the ground and all that stuff. That's how Republicans operate. That's why fucking. That's why you got Ted Cruz and Ben Carson and everybody answering questions during debates with painting the scariest scenarios possible. Which, quick side note, I'm going to get super political for like one second. People who are going to vote for Trump, you fucking idiots. You're voting for Trump because you're scared. I get it. You're afraid something really bad might happen to America. Something bad might. We're vulnerable to a lot of scary shit. Here's what you need to consider, though. What happens if you elect Trump and then that scary bad thing happens? Then you've got this fucking idiot dealing with the fallout, you bozos. Don't vote for Trump. The biggest, the biggest thing about Trump for me is that he's, like, he's literally threatening to take away the right of free speech. Like He's yes. literally talking about making sure nobody can talk bad about him. You know who does that? Like, literal right. dictators. dictators, yeah. I'm, I haven't read it yet, but I think the Washington Post wrote something about, um, like, Trump anxiety. 
like, read Louis C.K.'s. I read that letter. email. It, yeah, it was very, very good. Yeah, like I seriously, I freak out when I think about the possibility of Trump being Same. president. It's Don't ruin be the country. I've got this fear that Trump's going to get the nomination and he's going to pull some sort of shit on Hillary and somehow beat her, and that really scares the shit out of me. So I, I was actually don't be fucking my, idiots. I have in my notes too about the House of Cards. Uh, like this show has always been like, holy shit, politics is ruthless. Like yeah. this is an unbelievable look at politics in DC. Like it's not that believable. And then could be. Th- and then this, <laughs> then this season gets released in the midst of this presidential election. And this, this season seemed fucking tame compared to what's <laughs> actually to happening on. That's a good the, point. On the, on the campaign trail. Jesus. So f- like, that was my thought the entire time. I was like, huh, this doesn't seem so ridiculous anymore. Like, this- would anyone hate Will Conway? Like, would, would, would I have the anxiety that I have about, like, Trump or... I mean, I never thought if Carson either- would get elected. But, like, if Carson got elected... Holy shit, that fucking guy? Are you really? I don't think that the, anybody, literally any of the candidates on House, House of Cards this are, season would have won in a landslide. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I want to. No, go ahead. I was going to talk about the the ending. Uh, right. My mom. I watched the season with my mom, and she's a military person herself. She's worked in the military or contracted from the military for forever. Cool. And she was not not happy with the ending of, of this season. Instead, that it was, like, too insensitive and hit too close to home and, like, had Total a problem with them exploiting that. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I didn't agree. I thought that that's kind of, like, the direction the show kind of has to go, and they've never shied away from it. Yeah, so they need to embrace the fucked. Yeah, so I, uh, I didn't have a problem with it, but I could see why... Uh, th- why some people would have a problem with exploiting it. I just... I don't see any problem with it because that's what they've gone there before. So, yeah. Um, so I've got a game I want to play. Maybe we can do it. Yeah, we can do it now. Uh, I've got a take that when you're watching house of cards, you don't know who anybody is. Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. All right. So I'm going to do, I'm going to put you on the spot and this isn't to embarrass you or whatever, but I'm just going to name some characters and you tell me what their role is. And, Listeners, I want you to be honest with yourself because as I was going through this, I hit I've got six people here. I got three of them. Okay. Like what their role is. All right. Um let's see. What does Jackie Sharp do? Uh she is is she house speaker? She's the majority whip in season okay. three, and then she's just... I think in season four, she's just, like, chilling, right? Is she unemployed? Yeah, I think <laughs> I she's know. just, like, waiting around for Remy, which, what does Remy do? This is one that I got. Um, well, he's, he's, like, a separate entity. Doesn't he run... He, like, runs campaigns or, like... or. Uh, I don't know. I don't know his official title, but I know what he kind of does. And again, I'm not so I'm not putting you on the spot. This is just speaking to my point that like everyone's like, oh, yeah, they need to talk to Remy about this, but they don't know what. So Remy's a lawyer um, and he was temp. Oh, I can't say this because I need. All right. What is what does Doug Stamper do? What's his role? He is the chief of staff. Yes. So Remy it, Remy fills in for Doug when okay. uh, what's his face tells him to go away. Temporary chief of staff. Yeah. Um, Kathy Durant. I got this. Kathy one. Durant is the secretary of defense of state of state. Yes. Um, Seth Grayson. He is the press secretary. Yes. So you you've gotten like most of these. Um, Leanne Harvey, a.k.a. Nev Campbell, a.k.a. Dam. She is the campaign manager for Claire. Bam. So you got, like, I named six. You probably got four of them or something. Yeah. So my, I got three of them. Um, I think that this is one of those shows, though, that when people watch it, they're like... <laughs> See, that, th- that show for me is Game of Thrones. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No, can't do so it. So when I watch Game of Thrones, I'm just like... I have no idea who this person is or what their relationship is to... Because there's so many, like, connecting, intertwining parts of Game of Thrones that, like, 
I either forget about them or I just I just don't care. Yeah, I've, I just watch it and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I I don't really know what he does, but I know that he's a person and that he's relevant to this storyline. So you know, I just keep watching. You know what I've got that with? Uh, I'm watching The Sopranos right now. Yeah. I never see. Did you watch that show? I've watched like one episode. So it's good. Um, I'm on season three right now. There are a lot of characters who I'm like, I still don't know what that guy <laughs> does. Um, one connection between The Sopranos and House of Cards, where The Sopranos could have fucking taken a page out of House of Cards' book, is uh, the handling of old, old people and mothers. I, this, I'm not trying to be ageist here. I can't fucking take like crazy old people on shows whining every three seconds. That's all the that's all the mother does. We'll talk about this the on Sopranos. The, we'll talk about this oh, on, on uh believe on me, Friday Night Lights. When we, when we get around to Friday Saracen's Night Lights. Saracen's grandmother is yeah, the worst. Right. Uh my my, my sister uh works uh with like people with different disabilities or whatever and she, she said that the, the inconsistencies of like <laughs> what Saracen's grandmother quote unquote has are just magnificent. Like one minute it's dementia, like the next minute there's like no symptoms of that, but she's got something else. And they, they like put no effort into giving her. <laughs> They're a just like, let's make her fucking bat shit crazy. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like for, for, for all they've shown with uh, Sarah's and it's grandmother, only when crazy. it's convenient to the storyline or something that they need to shape. Is right. When she's fucking nuts. Right. Uh, so the other times she's completely fine. Yeah. Um, but with house of cards, I'm glad they didn't take too long uh, before they got yeah, rid of Claire's mother. Yeah, I don't think we mother. were supposed to to really give a shit about Claire's mother. Right. Uh, but it did bring uh, it did bring Tom and Claire closer together, and I liked that storyline. I thought that because as Frank and uh, as Frank and Claire were kind of getting closer to each other, she's fucking a new guy. Which for that relationship, it doesn't seem odd. No, it's, it doesn't. Uh, but I, there's all parts of me that don't think that that ends well for Tom Yates. Oh, and I, no, and I know, yeah. and I know that uh, that Frank said that he was okay with it, and like I don't know, he moved in or something at, at some point. It looked like he was he completely moved into the White House. Yeah, with them. he's always uh, there. Yeah, like the last couple episodes. Um, so I, uh, there's no part of me that think that that ends well for Tom. And I'm not really sure what Frank's angle is. I personally think that he wants to fuck Tom Yates. Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> who wouldn't? Um, Tom Yates had a line that I wrote down when I was taking notes, uh, preparing for this. Cause this morning I rewatched the finale. Um, and he says to Claire, and I'm going to use this. He says, that's the first time you've lied to me since you stopped lying to me. Yeah. That was a Damn, pretty dope line. That is, I don't, I'm going to use that on a first date. Like, <laughs> that is so good. I'm going to use that as much as possible. Um, so on Tom Yates and the subject of uh, good-looking people, this is where, begrudgingly, I feel that we must move on to the attractive women <laughs> on the show because if House of Cards were to be real life, I feel like Uproxx and BuzzFeed and Barstool and every every kind of pop culture type website would be going crazy with posts about, are we about to have the two hottest first ladies of all time back to back? Because Claire Underwood is exceptional. I might think that Hannah Conway might be hotter than Claire Underwood. I do not agree with that. I uh, She didn't really do anything for me. The whole, the whole Conway thing was not a i wasn't sold on it like i i didn't like conway at all the guy i thought that they did the guy a horrible lives his life on his cell phone and videos and gifts and stuff how do you not like i him? well i the biggest problem that i have with him is that they did an awful job casting him i thought yeah you i remember you texted me that and i i can't disagree i think that you're onto something i there. thought that he was the guy who played him was really distracting. Like there, he was so. I don't know if it's because they wanted it that way, but like he felt very robotic. Yeah, and like he didn't look like a presidential candidate. Well, that's to the me. thing. So he, he looked like shit in a suit. He didn't look. Oh, I thought so. I thought he looked okay. I actually thought that his his build and like his stature and everything 
was it was consistent to what they were building him up to be is like the military guy. Yeah, but he had shitty hair. He looked terrible in his oh, suit. Oh yeah, his he, hair could have looked a lot he better. Wear, he didn't even wear a tie half the time. But here's the thing: I thought that for the most part, he was a good-looking Republican candidate. Which think about? I mean, I could be wrong. I was actually going to think call about him how many guys morning. in Hollywood you could cast to be a good-looking Republican candidate. But you don't. I mean, with the exception of Nev Campbell, well, actually Nev Campbell, Robin Wright, uh, Michael Kelly, they, they do. I was going to say they use kind of nobodies on the show, but that's not true. They use some some pretty heavy hitters. But um, the thing is with uh, Will Conway, I think they wanted to have like a basically a reversal of like the uh, the cool young candidate to the curmudgeony old candidate. But usually, in that case, it's the Democrat is the cool young hip guy. And the old curmudgeon is a Republican. And that got me thinking. I was actually going to call my my mom this morning, but she has a job. Um, (laughs) So I was left to kind of Google it. At least in my lifetime, have there been like strapping Republican presidential candidates? It's always Democrats, right? Like Obama, Clinton, JFK. I think uh, Romney might kind of. He's not young. Romney was okay, actually. I know a lot of moms who would probably smash Mitt Romney. You know who uh, I was was having lunch with? My friend Pat, who I'm mentioning my friend Pat now. He, uh, I had drinks with him last night, and he was very angry that for as much as we talk about how gay we are, I don't mention my gay best friend, which is Pat. So shouts to Pat. I was having lunch with him and two of his friends, and uh, the term politician hot came up because I was talking. And, uh, it's they almost w- the same as weatherman hot. Right. And they were like, you know who's a hot politician? Marco Rubio. Like, fuck that guy, but he's hot. And I guess I never looked at him in that way. But he's an okay-looking he's guy. He's an okay-looking guy. He has giant-ass earlobes. But... Right. You just got to just... <laughs> yeah. just, just... If he didn't talk, then maybe he'd, he'd be a little hotter. But, um, yeah, so his casting, I thought that... They could have done better, but I still thought that it was interesting that the counter to the old, uh, the old like, I cranky did. guy was a hot young Republican. Yeah, and speaking of his wife, I thought it was very weird that they cast a foreign. She's oh, foreign. She is. I know. It, like, think about that. I don't know if that would be like an issue if that was a real presidential election. I definitely. Th- feel like people would have attacked him for having a foreign wife especially it's okay to have a, a big... racist president but not a foreign first lady no <laughs> no no like come on yeah uh, that would definitely be brought up and especially when he like sells his his campaign on being like the american hero kind of yeah. guy well that kind of is the american dr- like that's my american dream to <laughs> marry someone foreign. like that that's uh i think the accent actually might might make her even hotter but i think she's a babe uh, I was kind of bummed that they uh, they kind of wrote off Heather Dunbar. I thought she was yeah. a good adversary. Yeah, um, I thought that they should have adversary. Yeah, I was going to correct you, but yeah. I was like, yeah, we'll fix it in editing. Um, yeah, I th- I'm kind of mad they they played down that storyline. Um, That's that goes back to like what a waste season three was because yeah. that was a huge part. That's of what they were building three. towards. Yeah. Um, one last quick note on the first ladies thing. Uh, Jackie Kennedy is still the active, or the, the or is st- still the the all time leader for hottest first lady. But I I think that Claire Underwood might be hotter she would than be, her. She, mm, maybe hotter, but definitely at least a close second. Yeah, but I do you think that we would find Claire Underwood as sexy if not knowing her personality exactly not knowing that she's like a badass bitch right if we only saw her in that light of how you normally see first ladies i Uh, guess it goes back to like what you thought of her when you first saw her when the show started yeah like if you weren't if you started watching the show and you weren't like damn claire underwood i do think she looks better with the short hair yeah she's been rocking this season yes i remember isn't she usually short hair um I think it was a little bit longer. I think she went even shorter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I remember when I first saw, like, a couple episodes in, I don't think they'd revealed her to be too much of a badass yet, but I remember talking to some of my friends about, like, damn. Though, like, I didn't even know those dresses existed. <laughs> wow. She does find some tight-ass dresses. Right, and... I, so, like, I, again, as tight bodies go, Ariana Grande, got a super tight body, good for you. 
don't really care. Robin Wright, on the other hand, let's party. <laughs> um, do you think how many likable characters, like likable characters? That is a great question. Are in that show overall? Let's see. Um, like likable, likable, like likable as people as they're as are they're good, good people? people. Yeah. Ooh, you just that was a pretty hefty process of elimination there. Yeah. Wiped out like pretty much. Like everybody. obviously, Frank is a is somebody that that you like to watch because you're interested in what he's going to do next. Like you like his character. He doesn't bore you. Definitely not Claire. Definitely not Frank. Um, so I put down two people, the terrorists. No, (laughs) um, I put down two people. So I go Remy Danton. That's one of them. Uh, and man, let's, let me think. And I, we're not going to edit out the time that I think, so I'm, I'm putting pressure on myself to think of it quickly. Um, Seth, no, no. Seth betrays betrays oh, right. them twice yeah. this season. Um, not Leanne Harvey. Dunbar? Nope. She is she is pretty likable though. But I mean, she's a politician, right? So. Jackie Sharp. So same this is reason, not a, no. not a politician. Two non politicians, obviously, who I picked. Oh, it can't be. Um, I can't think of his name. Shit. Um, who? The ribs guy. No, no, yeah. not him. The other guy that I picked, Tom Hammerschmidt. Oh, yes, yes. So those are the two likable characters, likable people uh, that I found, like, this past season. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I mean, you could argue Lucas. See, no. <laughs> because, I mean, I guess, but I, I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand the Lucas storyline this yeah, because they were making, they were building him up to seem like he was going to make like a comeback and and have like a role this season, and then all of a sudden they don't even explain the shooting. That's how they, they do it on House of Cards, I guess. But like they killed off a main character in the first episode of season two. That, but I, but they didn't really have to explain that because it happened in a way. Well, where, I think that that with Lucas's storyline, he ran into the dead end with Dunbar and. That's where I find it kind of unbelievable. You could think that maybe because he's been so been through so much that he would snap and be like, "All right, fuck it, I'm just going to kill this but guy." But they never showed any inclination of that, that, that was really happening, happening. Right, because he was still pretty calculated in yeah. most of the things that he was doing leading up to that. I'll he didn't give you that. seem desperate to the point where that would be an option. Or but be th- on that's the table. like a person though in that situation could snap like that. But just with his character, I understand they didn't that he could. That, but the fact that they didn't show it or go back to it or like address that. That how it, he arrived at this moment, yeah, is well, that's kind of I mean, a flaw to me. I so I disagree. I think that, that that's what makes it good. That's what makes it a surprise. I think that if he were, if they showed him stressing, if they showed him like in his apartment, like pulling his hair out after the whole Dunbar thing, then you're like, all right, now he's gonna do something fucking crazy. I think that the fact that they leave that out, it's uh, like I. That was just as big as when he pushed Zoe in front of that train where I'm watching it, kind of got the cell phone out, like shooting Tay Diggs some some DMs. By the way, I, I do direct message Tay Diggs because he follows all of us. So we can slide into his DMs. So <laughs> Does he respond? No. <laughs> uh, I've actually only done it once. I just, I just said what up and he didn't get back to me. But anyway, I'm just like fucking around on Twitter and everything. And then that comes and you're like, oh, Shit! It t- like catches you as off guard as anything else. In you kind of have to rewind it and be like, "Did that really happen?" Right. That's kind of what th- I didn't really think that think anything of it when it actually happened. I was like, "Eh, there's no way that was actually Lucas." I rewound it with Zoe too. Same thing. I was like, "That actually just happened." Damn. But yeah, I think th- I think that overall Lucas's storyline was good. I thought that Hammerschmidt was awesome. I want to circle back to the ending. Um, okay. I understand. We've talked about like the whole like it's not it's realistic, blah 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 blah. But do you think that it was kind of far fetched to think that one, like one beheading, caught on on TV or on stream would spark total war? Uh, Given what we've actually seen in real life, like we've seen Americans beheaded by ISIS plenty of times, and right. it hasn't really. And that a democratic sparked. president would react that way to it. 
Also, wouldn't he have to go through a, a few more channels before he's just like, before be like right, war, blow up the Middle <laughs> yeah. East? Yeah, like I mean, there's that scene where he's talking to Kathy Durant, and she's like, "I wish that you would have consulted me on this." Yeah, but I mean, that's because that's then the, the second but Trump that's, gets elected. That's, that's the Frank Underwood presidency. He yeah. gets what he wants, and he finds any way around it. Yeah, so I I just thought the the idea of one beheading sparking total war was kind of. Like, eh. Well, th- that whole storyline, I mean, the the Ico thing could have existed without the conclusion at which it arrived. I think that... Well... If, well, I, I, want, I want you to bring up this yeah. point, but I think that if they had kept the Ico thing going the way it was, which is it's this festering like problem that's going to be an issue in season five, which is still the way it's set up, but um, if the biggest thing to drop was that the Hammerschmidt story had come out and now they have to react to it. Like th- that could have been a big enough uh, thing to end on for yeah, me. For that sure. story coming out. That was kind of, that kind of played second fiddle yeah. with the, the beheading. Yes. So I thought that that was, I do agree with you that they could have just they ended on laid up the, the article a little bit more. And well, that's and, what you thought they were building to the yeah. whole time. And then that's why I think I, I told you, that uh, oh, I told you on Sunday Skate that that the big that, twist that they're playing to is the last really the two, big twist. Yes, exactly. Um, well, the funny story, the fun fact that I wanted to drop on this episode I did not know is this. Uh, that the original ending, um, and I think it's the ending in the in the BBC version of House of Cards, uh, the ending to this season was originally Claire murders Frank. Uh, right before the article comes out from Hammerschmidt, uh, she murders him to protect his own legacy. So that is... That would have been an absolutely bananas ending. That would have been intriguing AF. I would have been I would have been very torn on that ending. It would be bittersweet because the series would be over, probably. It, it wouldn't be over because then Claire yeah, becomes Frank, but... I do love Spacey and I love Frank's character. Like losing that would be a huge blow to House of Cards. And I think that that's why they didn't go that route because they've they've built this on, on Frank being Spacey. the guy. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. When you told me that, my initial reaction was, well, wouldn't that story still come out? Yeah, but <laughs> I but I think that the the like not to get all journalisty, but. It would definitely still come out, but I think that the the response to it would have been right. Know, they're trying. They've to, been like, yeah, he was a fucked up sp- guy, but don't speak ill of the dead. Yeah, they're trying to smirch his name. Yeah. And, and all that. So um, that would have been a, a, a very bananas ending, and I kind of would have dug it a little bit. It would have made sense because that's that's something that that family would fucking do. Yeah. Um, did sh- do you know if she did it with Frank's knowledge? Like, does no, I don't think so because they called it, it a murder when I when I was reading up on oh, it. Oh, okay. She murders Frank, so. So I actually would be okay with that because I mean, I'm okay with the great show ending as long as it's great when it ends. Um but I, I would have been definitely okay with it because it fall it falls in line with the storyline that they were following the entire season, like yeah. Claire's building up to try to be yeah. president or vice president, yeah. so she's trying to take over and step into a bigger role. If that article and for drops, us, the behind the scene thing, it pl- definitely plays into the fact of that she is just as fucked up as yeah. he is. Um, my thing also with that is, I like when shows that claim to be ruthless and surprising actually go all the way. Like I was extreme. I was very very happy. I was in the minority here when Glenn died on The Walking Dead, and. When it was revealed that he didn't die, lost so I was, much respect for right. that show, and I feel like everybody was furious because The Walking Dead is a show that says like at any moment we can kill off anybody. Fuck, like if if you do it the right way, kill off Rick next week, and I'll be okay with it. Yeah, it's at this point The Walking Dead is like they they hinge on being a, a ruthless show, but at this point, a lot of the times you see it coming. Yeah, they they really post postmark the death right they'll they'll like spend the whole episode focusing on how like this guy that you think might be bad he's actually pretty good and he's but we're gonna kill him you're like oh (laughs) i guess this guy's episode (laughs) oh yeah the episode where uh the everybody hates chris kid is sitting there uh eating the oatmeal and he's sitting with the old guy and and like the old guy is basically like huh so you've been with this group for how long 
and you're doing what with them? Wow, you're valuable. <laughs> People might think you're just kind of a background character, but you're becoming pretty important to these guys. It'd be a shame if they lost you. <laughs> now go and do a mission. And you're like, okay, everybody hates Chris. Kid is going to die. I should know that kid's name, by the way, because he's been in enough things that... Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly yeah, who you're talking about. Yeah, he was also... He was in the, the Lean Away th- uh, movie, the one that she produced, uh, Dear White People. It was really good. He played a gay black kid. Interesting. Yeah, it was pretty dope. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for like just throwing a yeah. huge curveball, which is... I mean, that's what the Zoe Barnes death was. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. uh, I mean, I don't think Meacham is a big enough character where like this season it's like, like fucking wow. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I was bummed when he died. I, I liked the relationship. I, I, but that doesn't like that doesn't alternate the series. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. There's like no major changes there. Um, what did you think of Doug Stamper's storyline this season? I thought it was a little too Doug Stamper. He was pretty useless, I thought, this season. But the whole creepy thing of... Um, yeah, that was that was weird the, like with he, the, with the he, widow. Does that he always need one person to latch over whom to, to obsess? Yeah. I think that might be like the character, though, that he needs that one person to obsess over. Um, but yeah, it was that was super weird. Uh the thing that about it that bothered me, I don't think the woman would buy it. Like, why? Yeah, I know that she's vulnerable. Vulnerable because she just lost her husband. But like, you're gonna. They didn't really show how that relationship developed. Just all of a sudden, they were like kind of dating, and she asked him to like move in. Yeah, after yeah. knowing him for a week because he mysteriously donated five thousand dollars for no reason. Which, by the way, that's not, all it costs. Yeah, five thousand dollars buy a wife. <laughs> Although actually, not like you have five thousand dollars right. anyway. I was gonna say if if somebody gave me five thousand dollars, I'd be like, "And you want to live with me in exchange? Fine. <laughs> like that's that's a good deal." Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I had a problem with that storyline. It was fucking weird. But yeah, I guess we'll see where it goes. I just thought it was super weird that she asked him to move in with her. I just think that they didn't need to do that storyline, and I think that they felt that Doug has to have some creepy thing someone some vulnerability because i mean that was a stupid decision in the fucking first place to yeah. donate $5000 like that's not going ri- to raise any red flags right exactly and like that that he, i almost found that he almost started drinking again to be the more interesting storyline yeah that, they really kind of glazed over that yeah like they open that up and then seth bitches him out and then he tries to kill seth or something he's they they kind of emptied out the the Doug Stamper playbook, I feel, and it it all it all just kind of felt. Uh, I think we can tired. all agree that they really didn't need the the one last last season with that with that girl, Rachel Posner. Yeah, I thought that. Well, I, I thought that was part of building his character that he is. That those are the lengths to which he'll go for his creepiness to like satisfy his inner whatever that is i guess but they spend way too much time on that yeah i didn't really need that and then when he killed her i was like like yeah like he he drives away and then he goes back and kills her when he went back and killed her i was like no we we knew he was gonna kill her you didn't need to drive away we knew that was gonna happen i have one final question all right get to it i want to get to is it an elite show i i uh had somebody ask on twitter well as you ask that i will say my first point on this show that I brought up earlier was that it would be an elite show. It would be like an all-time great if there were only three seasons and this was the third one. If they had just totally waxed season three, they could have bundled everything. They could have gotten rid of the Russian shit. They could have gotten rid of the policy stuff. Like, I didn't need anything from season like, three, really. Even this season, Claire showing that she can negotiate, I guess it shows that she has a lot of the qualities of Frank and that she's ruthless and all that stuff and that she gets hers. That's fine, but we kind of already knew that Claire got hers with what she had done with all the clean water stuff. So, uh, The question that I got was, uh, what's the appeal to the show, or is it just so... S- slickly produced that the flaws are hidden well i don't think that the flaws are hidden that well i will definitely agree that it is so sharp that it, it that it's sharp and dark and it's uh, just a, that's intoxicating yeah for like sure. you get so you get so caught up with even the way that like that robin wright delivers claire's lines and the way that she presents herself and everything and obviously the way that that frank is they could be fucking saying anything like i said before we don't a lot of people might not know who 
what any of the characters do. They could be speaking fucking Lebanese, and I would just be like, yeah. It's very David Fincher, uh, the way that the show is presented. Mm. But I, I, I love how dark it is. I love how sharp it is. They are very good at... Um, like scenery and, yeah. and clothing and all They're that stuff that packaged so well. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that the uh, even with all that, I don't think that the flaws are really protected as much as that question seems to think that they are. Yeah. Like I, I, it's very easy to identify the flaws in House of Cards. Yeah. There's right exactly, and like we were just talking about with Doug's. That's what we've done for the past hour. Right, is identify the flaws. Pick in those apart cards. what's what's wrong with it. Yeah. Um, so I yeah I would say that it, it might still be. I don't know if there's a difference between elite and all time great. I'd say that right now it's it's a must watch show. Um, it's I don't think anyone's dropping it from their rotations or whatever. So in that yeah. sense, it's important. Well, this I will say that this was like a make or break season for me. That's how bad you would have jumped off was. with one season left. Yeah. Is it for sure ending next season? I don't know. I, I may have just made that up. But if, but I was at the point where if it was a disappointing season this this year, I might have stopped are, because that's how disappointed and low I was after season three. Do you do that, dude? So I usually don't jump ship with shows. I usually feel too pot committed. Like when The Office got really bad, I was like, I'm gonna have to keep watching. No, it. I, I, I watched I, too much. I stopped watching The Office. Like oh. it's easier with sitcoms. Um, the one, the one that I did stick through when it got terrible was Sons of Anarchy, just because I was, I knew that it was the last season, and, I, and yeah. when it's when you know that it's the last season, you you can stick with it more. Um, but I I, uh, I don't feel pot committed for a lot of shows. I think that even if this season were bad, I if this season were bad of House of Cards and season five were to be the last one, I'd be like. I'll watch season five eventually, but I'm not going to jump to it right when it yeah. comes out. But I thought that season, even despite season three being bad and maybe this one being viewed as a make or break one, I mean, we both still knocked it out in two weeks. Yeah. And as much as we joke around, we, there are other things we could have been doing <laughs> with our time. Um, not a so, lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. I would put it as like a B level show at this point. I uh, like I don't think it's as good as as Better Call Saul. Right, I, I, we might be in the minority there. By the way, that we I think that we hold Better Call Saul to a higher standard. I think correctly uh, than a lot of people. I agree. Which I love. Where Better Call Saul's uh, heading. I love all the nacho stuff. I know that we don't really have time to to get to it because we've got. Uh, one other thing on the docket that we need to uh, touch on, but I like where Better Call Saul is going. Are you all caught up? I am. And yeah, I, I thought that I think it was the last episode. I wasn't. I thought it was w- the one episode that I wasn't really thrilled with this season so far. But I think that every other episode has been basically perfect. Yeah, I like where it's moving. I need to get more into. Uh, I'll I'll admit that I. I find myself uh, having a hard time getting as much into the HHM stuff as I am into the Mike stuff and the Nacho stuff and the Tuco. It was good to see uh, it was good to see Don Salamanca. Yes, that was amazing. And yeah. at seeing him speak. Yes. Yeah. Which we don't have we, had we ever seen him speak no. English? We just saw um, the, the flashback. The flashback, yeah. yeah. But I don't think we'd ever seen him speak English. So um we uh this is this week was a rarity because we told you before the episode what we were what the subject was gonna be. And we don't make it a practice to not do that, but this is the first time we've revealed, like, hey, guys, we're talking about House of Cards this week. Uh, next week is when we're doing the Roxy's Food Challenge. And uh, the artwork for it has been made. The flyer has been made. We haven't decided yet whether or not we're going to make it an event that people can attend. So we're not going to say at this point when it's going to be, where it's going to be. Uh, but if it is a public thing and we can accommodate that, then we'll put it out there. And Boston people, you can come and watch it. Pete's going to MC it. James Sabatino is going to be there. It's going to be hilarious. I think that we're going to try our best to do uh, do it in video format. So yes. there may not be an audio podcast next week. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. So uh, my thinking was we could do the podcast. We could do both. Oh, was my a thinking. recap yeah. of, of the... Uh, no, no, no. So the podcast would be... Completely separate? The, it wouldn't so the podcast would be um about 
45 minutes to an hour long, as our podcasts usually are, and it would contain the however long the challenge is. We, we still actually haven't figured out what the time limit's going to be for the challenge, but I think that half hour would be good because if we do that, then we can have the whole half hour. And Feidelberg and I are going to be mic'd up and we're going to be talking and stuff. So you might get all of that. It, it won't, it, it'll be entertaining in that it'll be different, but there might be some weird shit on there that isn't as like high paced and hectic as uh, our podcasts, podcasts usually are. But I was thinking, ideally, that could be an option. We could do like a before and after, have that half hour in the middle. But the video, if we can get it done, uh, we're talking to our friend Adam Hart, who really wants to do it. Uh, he's seeing if his schedule can work. Uh, but we would make like something like a 7 to 10 minute video on it. And it's going to be great. Uh, we're, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to wear. Uh, if it's video, then I really need to, to get to cracking. Think about that, yeah. yeah. Um, but you, I'm, I think I'm going to go bow tie tux. And, and as put together as much of a tux as I possibly can. That's great. I don't, I was actually, when you told me that idea, hey, I was a million percent on board. And I was like, oh, I can't wait. Like, well, let's go to Goodwill and like, we'll, we'll go shopping for it and everything. And then I was like, he doesn't need me to be there. I just, I, I just love costumes and shopping for shit so much that if you do go, you want to uh, come, I, I, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll invite you. Yeah. I'd love to be invited. So we, we threw a poll out there, uh, in anticipation of this food challenge, which the challenge, by the way, is uh, a quadruple patty burger at Roxy's, which if you've been to Roxy's, their burgers are pretty big. And the buns are Roxy's famous grilled cheese sandwiches. So it's... See, I told my friend that, and he was like, what's the challenge? And I told my friend that that's what it was. Yeah. And he was like, eh, I saw some guy eat that the other day. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, so that's, that sounds very difficult. And it's also there's got to be a time limit. Though. And it's also their fries and uh, lemonade. lemonade. And James is throwing in uh, a hoodie, which Ooh. I don't know if hoodies are on their menu or if they just give them to friends and stuff. But every time I go to Roxy's, hoodies are there's a hoodie in the dope mix. and they should be involved. They're always in a like, lot I'll be right things. back. And they come upstairs and they're like, here you go. Here's a hoodie. See, hoodies are like the fucking cherry on top of anything right and what i was thinking is, i could be at a funeral and if they're like here's some hoodies <laughs> i'd be like fuck yeah this Sorry is for your loss. Uh, he was he was he was great but fucking hoodies yeah. yeah um so uh, here's what i'm thinking the hoodie has to be the last thing we eat and there will be a bell at the table you we gotta ring, fucking ring it we ring the hoodie bell when we're ready for the hoodie <laughs> and so anyway so this poll is out there and you're getting smoked. I'm getting everybody thinks I'm going to lose, which isn't necessarily uh, a bad thing for you. I'm losing. What is it? 60, 69 to 31. Nice. 69 to 31. I don't know why people think that. I've uh, said well, on this show that I can eat until there's no end. I guess. But I mean, people go based on the physical appearance. You're kind of slender ish. And uh at least on the top, not when you get to the thighs. <laughs> Once you get to the thighs, you <laughs> uh, a big speed bump. But Feidelberg's nickname on Barstool has been Feidel Tits. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, not not a great testament to, like, his body shape. And he calls himself fat. So I think that's where people are going with it. Here's the thing that we don't know about Feidelberg, though. Does he have a history of binge eating? Because I, I can fucking binge eat. Which And when you look at competitive eating, like, Kobayashi is a small dude. Joey Chestnut's not fat. Yeah. Like, competitive eating you don't really need to be fat and also i think that what the test will be is and i'm wondering health wise how this will affect us feidelberg and i have both been eating well for the most part of late so i wonder if we're we're uh not as well positioned to take well, in this much it's food like right if you're now. if you don't binge drink like once you leave college you can't yeah. drink as much as you That's could in true. college right so i would guess that we're Your both gonna be in probably rough shrunk shape. a little bit yeah so what is it? You're supposed to eat a lot of roughage before. You're supposed to eat lettuce to stretch your stomach or whatever. I don't know. I'm gonna so don't do it because it won't be as funny to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm still gonna have. Nobody wants to see you guys prepare for this. They want to just see like a disaster when right. you get there. Well, I was thinking. I was like, so we're gonna be taping it in the afternoon, and I was thinking about like, what can I? How can I prepare myself? Can I not eat it all in the morning? Um, I've always got clementines. I'm like, should I just have a couple clementines during the day to hold me over? And I'm like, you know what? 
No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have breakfast. I'm gonna have my normal breakfast of bacon and eggs, and that's gonna be it. And then I'm gonna go and crush all that. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be exciting. Look forward to that next week. Hopefully, we'll have video. Whether or not it's, I think that whether or not it's professional video, we'll still have video. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, worst case scenario, we can get we can get some goons with iPhones and stuff to to record it. So. That's going to be exciting. I, I'm just going to say, I really don't think I'm going to lose. I think that it's going to be first to finish or for, or only one to finish within 30 minutes, right? Yeah. One of those. Yeah. So I really don't think I'm going to lose. You're going to hear that bell, and it's going to be coming from Deej. So uh, look forward to that. Shouts to Roxy's Grilled Cheese because that's going to be awesome. You've still never been there? Nope. I think that you're going to... I'll gonna, probably get a regular meal. Right, you're going to get like <laughs> yeah. one sandwich there and be like, oh, this is great, but... I'm excited for it just because I want to eat all that food and a lot of people over the years have doubted whether or not I could do an eating challenge and I'm going to fucking do it and I'm going to beat Feidelberg. So fuck you, Feidelberg. You're going down.